Hello, this is Ken Ferry with this week's Boots in the Field. Pretty much all the replanting is now done. Um, still set some going on uh, just like this week due to some severe hail damage and some spots to the north. Um, but it, most people are, are finished up with that, finished up um, with the bean planting as well and some of the replant bean planting. Side dressing based on uh, um, what we're seeing as nitrate flow coming in is probably also on the downward side, meaning that we're more than halfway through that uh, process as well. So things are finally moving along in a direction where we can say from Monday to Friday we're making some headway. This corn is starting to uh, uh, pick up and take off and so are the, the beans in most cases itself. Talk about some of the things that I've seen out there this week and actually seen today out being earlier in the fields itself. Uh, and had probably a dozen calls on is uh, kind of floppy or limp corn. Uh, the corn's kind of laying around in different directions and uh, looks like it's um, you know, showing some temperature or dry weather stress as well. And what we have in these fields that are showing that symptom pretty strong is what we call rootless corn or rootless corn syndrome and it's due to poor development of the crown roots. Um, the first and second set of roots got off and they got this plant uh, in pretty good shape and, and we needed the third and the fourth set now to start the process of anchoring that plant so it stands up straight. The fields that we're digging in, the third and fourth uh, crown roots are having trouble. number of different reasons for this that I've, I've seen in the fields we've been in, probably the number one is sidewall compaction. So if the field got planted uh, on the wet side or they used too much downforce when they were planting it and smeared the sidewalls, those crown roots are now having a hard time developing in the area where the sidewall smearing is itself. Uh, so sidewall compaction mainly there and no-till or guys running too much downforce itself. Also seeing it in the areas where we had a lot of washed in soil. So after the plant emerged, um, and then we had those big rains and it washed the soil in around the top of that plant. That washed in soil has dried to a crust and that crust is not allowing the uh, crown roots to develop itself. So you, as you dig in there that surface is just too dry uh, for it to work. Another place that we ran into it um, is where we didn't have enough tail pressure on the closing of the planter. So we left the soil a little too loose there at the surface and it's dried all the way to the surface. Or if we used a double set of spader wheels when we were planting in dry conditions. Spader wheels are not very well known for firming that soil over the seed uh, and they let the moisture out. So even in one field we could tell where the grower had a cast iron wheel on one side, a spike on the other. The spike side is a side that's not developing any crown roots. That soil stayed too loose and, the, and uh, dried out too much itself. The only real cure for it, uh, unfortunately, is rain. So we need to get some moisture uh, and those uh, crown roots will take off. And that's the difference between crown roots and brace roots. Brace roots, which will come along later, they'll go right off the side of the plant into midair and find their way to the soil. But crown roots won't grow into dry soil and they won't grow into midair. They'll just kind of nub off and they'll sit there and wait. And this plant continues to grow because the first and the second set of roots are feeding it. And then it starts to get floppy. So it wants to kind of flop around out there itself. I've also seen situations of shallow planted corn. Uh, the fields that I've been in, some of it was due to erosion. Some of it was due to the, the planter just didn't have enough downforce. 
and in one case the planter was set wrong so we end up with shallow corn forcing the crown on top of the ground rain is not going to fix shallow planted corn um, situation that can get tough now one thing you can do there when you do get some height to that corn is you can row crop cultivate and try to roll the soil in around that plant that'll trigger the brace roots to come quick uh, and it can re-anchor it itself that's a tough job usually uh, might take two cultivations one that goes through on a slow side and then come back again after that uh, corn has been stabilized and hit it a little bit faster so you can roll soil around it itself but that's a little bit different than the um, dry surface soil that we're dealing with in some of these fields the late beans that got planted we're getting some uneven emergence in those and as I'm digging in some of those fields most of that uneven emergence is again due to beans that did not get put into moisture or not into moisture far enough so as we see some parts of the row coming up and some not some areas of the field coming up and some not those beans are sitting in dry soil and unfortunately the only cure for that is rain as well so a situation where we need to bring rain back into the forecast the other thing to remember, especially this last go around, we have a lot of herbicides laid out there on dry soil with no rain either. So we're going to have some herbicide issues that we need to be aware of as we watch for the weed escapes um, where we've got this product out there with no rain to actually activate it and move it into the soil. Still getting calls on yellow corn. Um, and as we investigate the yellow corn, there uh, again, we're seeing some different things. Um, one that... Uh, that I want to make you aware of some of this yellow corn is sulfur deficiency so it's not uncommon for sulfur deficiency to start to show up as we deal with the carbon penalty itself but remember sulfur is going to be that pale color at the top of the plant uh, so it's going to give you a, a pale top with a kind of a more normal green bottom where nitrogen deficiency typically is going to be pale through the whole plant In some fields there's actually both going on but you're starting to see here in the last uh, four or five days more and more sulfur deficiency starting to show up itself. The carbon penalty is on full bore as we look at the past 14 days and our weekly nitrates. Um, we've seen uh, nitrogen values drop 40 to 60 pounds uh, in that time frame and that's 40 to 60 pounds that's been consumed by the microbes. It'll come back later but that's why we're seeing uh, a lot of these corns change color especially if you're in a high carbon situation uh, or corn on corn situation itself. And in some cases again as we talked about in the past the uh, earlier spring rains have moved some of this nitrogen into that second foot which has given us a little bit of tr struggle there and like we talked about we're starting to see it in soybeans beans beans that are in that v4 v3 stage they're about to take off they'll really be moving next week but some of these other beans that aren't there yet they're going to get caught in this carbon pendley and it's going to slow them up so they're going to be um, you're going to see fields move faster than others depending on their size whether they're making their own nitrogen or not out there itself Still been looking at uh, herbicide drift. Probably the big one this year seems to be Paraquat, as we used it for a lot of our burn down on the bigger plants itself uh, and getting that cleaned up. But I've also seen something that looks like Paraquat. It's called Hocus Spot. It's an actual bacteria uh, and it creates spots on the corn that looks a lot like Paraquat damage itself. Uh, Hocus Spot is a disease that comes to us in long, prolonged wet conditions. 
and high winds like the that we pick up with these thunderstorms and stuff so we've definitely have had the conditions and then as you move temperatures up in the mid 70s to mid 80s it's when you start to see the tan uh, spots out there in the field now it looks a lot like paraquat but paraquat you can usually find which field it drifted in from you can find the direction of travel that type of thing hocus spot will be scattered across the whole field or across a, <clears throat> a particular hybrid in itself again it's a bacteria there's nothing we can do from a fungicide perspective it is more of a nuisance than anything else and if you have it it'll be fields that have the spotting and it goes clear across the field no no distinct pattern in itself crop rotation tillage again about the only things that uh, back that off itself on the insect front uh, it's time to put the corn borer lures out so you guys that got the traps we need to put corn borer lures out uh, if you need traps or lures call the office but if uh, if you picked them up at the bug meeting let's go ahead and get our corn borer lures in place and start monitoring um, the flight of the of the corn borer moth itself especially for you guys with the non-gmo corn um, we're going to want to have some trapping out in itself and don't forget to call that in keep an eye on the army worm still dealing with some army worm issues and starting to see some army worm migrate from uh, dead dry cover crops into different fields so if they uh, march across your field they're going to create a problem in itself but let's make sure that um, we keep an eye on that itself now a message for the pest boss remember the pest boss we talk about in the meetings that's the person in your operation who uh, is basically managing all threats from weeds insects and diseases out there one of the big jobs right now with this tough start is as a pest boss you need to map these fields because what you see now especially in corn is what you're going to get when it comes to pollination between the uneven start, the uneven corn, the replant areas, and that type of stuff, we're going to have a pollination window this year that's going to carry on um, for about two, maybe three weeks in some cases itself. And the silk clippers that we get concerned about, especially the rootworm beetle and Japanese beetle, they're going to move to the fresh silk. So this is a year when a small amount of beetle population is going to create a lot of trouble as it moves around and catches the fresh silks that are coming out. Now, how do they know their fresh silks are there? I don't know what the mechanism is. It's got to be some type of communication because we see them in our pumpkin fields. It'll draw them in for about two miles out when they find a food source like that. So it's, I imagine it has to do with pheromones and things of the nature. But we are going to have some issue, meaning that I totally expect that we're going to have to treat. Now, sometimes when your replant pond is getting uh, clipped, it may not be enough to worry about. This year, unfortunately, we got so much of that that's behind, it's going to force us to spray fields even when maybe the whole field itself doesn't need it. Which we need some good maps because we're not going to be able to scout from the road. So uh, draw those maps out now for your scouts. Uh, it be a great time to put your drones in the air and take some pictures so you can actually then build a scouting plan based from the drone to make sure you're going to check all different ages of corn itself um, and, and work through it. If for some of you guys that maybe don't have the drone or not confident in building the map, you can call in the office and turn some of those tough fields in for aerial imagery so we can get them on the list to get you a picture uh, next time the planes are going over and then you will have a GPS map that you can work with for future scouting itself. Our first worry, of course, uh, you know, our biggest worry is silk clipping. Uh, basically everything's going to be uh, prone to that 
And for you guys with the non-GMO, we're going to have to worry about the corn borer because you could fight both first and second generation corn borer in the same field because of your maturity differences out there itself. So again, now while we got the time and we remember where the spots are, and we need to at least be dropping pins or points or drawing maps to say how do I check this field and make sure that we don't have an insect derail us here in about 30 to 60 days. Remember our guys and crews are out soil sampling. Uh, they're trying to keep uh, everything cleaned up as they go. So again, as I, I beg you to get your orders in so we don't go on by you and have to come back. So if you haven't done your soil testing orders, um, please get them into the office itself. Every, uh, every week we talk about being safe and, and for sure uh, this week uh, we had a nephew that, that got burnt pretty bad in a tractor fire and we'd ask you to, to keep him and his family in your prayers as they start the, the long road back to recovery. But uh, we got to think safety all the way through this itself. Hope you guys have a, a good week next week. Zach and I will be thinking about you as we help the Canadians deal with their uh, serious walleye outbreak issues up there. And uh, we'll be back in, in two weeks. So everybody keep her safe, keep her rolling.